Good morning, church. So the title of my message today is, His Authority is Our Priority. His authority is our priority. And if we are going to uh, recover his mission and make sure that his mission is always the central you know, focus and theme of our church, then it has to become, you know, his authority has to become our priority. Um, I think that, uh, you know, people that struggle with making life about his mission is because they struggle about making uh, his authority their priority. You know, they just see it as, well, maybe I'll listen to him in this. Maybe, maybe I'll do it my way on this. And, and we just have to realize that when God speaks... We listen. When God speaks, we obey. When God speaks, that's the end of it. That's the final. He gets the final say, you know, uh, about all areas of our life. We're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 18 as we look at this. Uh, Deuteronomy 18, starting with verse 15. The Word of God reads there. The Lord your God will rise up, raise up for you a prophet like me from among you. And he's talking about Moses there, just so you know. A prophet like Moses from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. Just as you desired of the Lord your God of, at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God or see this great fire any more lest I die. And the Lord said to me, They are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I have commanded him. And whoever will not listen to my words that... He shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. But the prophet who presumed to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how may we know the the word of the Lord has not spoken? When the prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. Now, when the, the children of Israel uh, had come up to Mount Sinai, which is you know where, where Moses got the Ten Commandments, it's also in our, our scripture here, it's, it's known as Horeb. You know, it was like a desert area, desert of Horeb. Uh, but we're talking about when, we, when you see the word Horeb or Mount Sinai, same place, okay? Um, but when the, the children of Israel had come to Mount Sinai, there was such a, a, a magnificent uh, thing that happened there. The children are at the, the base of the mountain, and God begins to speak to them just before he gives the Ten Commandments you know, to Moses up on the mountain. And when he speaks, man, people listen. When he speaks, people are paying attention. Um, there was a fire, and there was smoke that was coming down. There was a trumpet that just kept getting intensely louder. Uh, the mountain was just like quaking. 
and these people were shaking in their boots. Their, their blood pressure would have went sky high. Um, they thought that they were dead people. Um, I have no doubt that that's probably at least how I picture Judgment Day, right? Uh, when Judgment Day comes and we are actually in the presence of God, how terrifying that must, uh, that's going to feel for us to, to just see his power, to know his power. Um, but that's how these people felt. Uh, it tells us that, that uh, more fully there in Exodus 20, verse 18, it says, Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes and lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled and they shook. They stood far off and, and said to Moses, You speak to us. And we will listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. Moses said to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. And boy, that would keep anybody from sinning, coming into the presence of God, don't you think? I mean, that is, uh, would have been such a, a shocking thing. But from this moment on, where, where God has is um, speaking and saying that he's going to uh, lift up or rise up a prophet like Moses. From this moment on, that's how God spoke to all of us. You know, to them and through every generation all the way to our generation, he now speaks to us through a prophet. That's how he speaks. Many people... Avoid hearing from God, not because God is like, they're terrified of God, you know, like if God spoke to me, I would surely die. Many people just avoid God at all, you know. They don't listen to necessarily the prophet anymore, and it's because they, it's not because they fear God, it's because God is just not a priority in their lives. His authority isn't a priority in their lives anymore. And therefore, they will just, you know, never do a good job about carrying on his mission. Anybody that doesn't make God's voice, what God says, a priority, is never going to be very good at uh, accomplishing his will in this life. They will just be about their own will and about other things. Today, instead of being afraid of God, I think people are more afraid of people. You know, they're afraid of what their neighbor might think or, or what the person at the work might think. Or, you know, the lawyer, if I speak out and say this, I might get in trouble uh, with what I say. I mean, the Bible is always constantly trying to encourage us to be bold in our faith and, and, and what God says, you know, not to be apologetic about what God says, but just to tell people, this is what the Lord of, the, of God says, you know, uh, this is the word of the Lord. Why do we fear others? Why, why, is it, why is their disapproval such a huge thing to us? I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons. You know, we all experience it too, right? Whether it's at work or our family. Man, I just, I don't want them to think that, you know, I don't like them. Or I don't want them to shun me. I don't want, you know, to be ostracized. And so we, we are just careful about, you know, 
we know what the truth is, but we're just, man, I just don't want to stir up anything. I just want to blend in. Does this ring a bell to any of us? We are just afraid to speak on God's behalf. And it puts a lot of pressure on us because we fear man more than we actually fear God anymore. It, it, it silences us. It, it puts a gag order on us. And the world's always trying to put a gag order on church, isn't it? I mean, you be careful what you say. We might say that that's hate speech or this or that. Proverbs 29, verse 25, it says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Hebrews 13, 6 says, So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Like I said, the Bible is always encouraging us to be bold. You know, fear God more than you fear man. Don't worry about what man thinks or what man can do uh, or any of that kind of thing. Yet, people have a hard time with that. Well, you know, they, these people that, that were on at the base of that mountain when God spoke, I don't think that they really cared what anybody else other than God thought. But we want to be accepted. We want to fit in. We want to blend in. We don't want to be confrontational. I think it's easy to, easier to take a stance political, even though that it's divisive and it's, you know, it could rub people wrong. I think it's easier for us to take a stand in those kinds of situations, like, you know, a political stance, even though my neighbors might not like me anymore, but I'm going to be bold about that, than to take a stance for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just, it's just, I don't know. Why is that, though? You know, Matthew chapter uh, 10, verse 28, it says, And do not fear those who kill the body and cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And Paul says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, it says, For am I now speaking, or, for, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And the reason is, is because Paul, what he's found is that if, if he stands on the word of God and he is just going to be a mouthpiece for God, he's going to get himself into a lot of trouble. And boy, did he, didn't he? I mean, he was not out to displease man. He was out to speak the word of God, the truth to whomever come in his way. And sometimes it got him beaten and left for dead. Sometimes it, it got him, you know, no food, uh, no place to stay. I mean, there, there's, he just received so much ridicule. But he wasn't out to please man. He was out to please God. You know, that's our objective this year is to carry on the mission that God has given us. And that is to speak the word of God with truth, right? That's part of the mission is 
to speak what he says, not to deliver our own message, not to water down his message, but to speak his message, not apologetically, I mean, not with apology, but just this is what the Lord of the, the God says about this subject. And so if we're going to do that, if we're going to accomplish that, if that's going to be our objective, then it starts with asking a question, and that question is this. Who, who's speaking to you? Who's speaking into your life right now? About life, about every area of life. You know, we decide who we listen to, you and I, that we have this God has given us this free will, and part of that free will is we choose and get to choose whom we will listen to, whom we are going to let pour into our life, into the way that we will process and think. We decide that. You know, when I, when I need an electrician, guess who I call? Yeah, you guys already know that. Uh, in fact, Joni says that because she heard me, the lights went out in our kitchen. Most of you probably don't know that because you haven't been in our kitchen for a while, but we didn't have any lights back there. And so I'm back there trying to figure out stuff, and I finally just uh, call my dad and say, hey, this is what's going on, this is what's going on. And many of you have heard me call my dad whenever I need in-person help, you know, like right off the phone or, hey, can you come and help me? Uh, do this. Or my brother, he helped me. He came down here not too long ago and we rewired my entire house and brought it up to code uh, instead of those screw-in fuses. Now I actually have fuses, you know, that uh, uh, turn on and off and, and uh, our, our breakers. And uh, anyway, so he helped me to do that. Now when I need a plumber or a carpenter and I need somebody in person to kind of give me some guidance, um, who do you think I call? MR, right? What if I have car problems? Who do you think I call? You know, Tim or my father-in-law, Lewis, or Josh. You don't know Josh, but he's another guy that I would call. See, we all have go-tos when we need help in a particular area of our lives. We just have that. So they're probably like in our speed dial for some of us if we have chronic problems in an area and, and But we choose who is going to speak into our lives. Even when I go to YouTube, I don't just listen to just anybody about a certain subject because some of them are like me. They don't really know much of anything. They're just trying to make a little bit of money by you watching their videos on YouTube. And you can learn pretty quick who know really what they're talking about and who don't really know what they're talking about. But we make those decisions. Who, who is your go-to about life? And I, and I mean about life. I mean, not just spiritual questions, right? I mean, we all, it, it, God would be our go-to about where did the, how did this universe come to be about? You know, how, how did it all get created? God would be, because we're, we're followers of Jesus, we're followers, we believe in God. So he's our go-to about that. I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, which church you attend or if you're going to be baptized or you're going to say a, a sinner's prayer. I'm not talking about that. He is our go-to when it comes to spiritual questions. But who do you go to about just everyday life issues? Like, who, who am I going to marry? 
one day. Who do you go to for that? Does God get a say? Do, do you, does God even care about who I marry? Does he put any kind of stipulations on this? Is it okay to have sex before I get married? Do you go to God for those kinds of things? Have you in the past? Is homosexuality a sin? How should I treat family or friends that I'm really close to who, who practice homosexuality? How do I treat them? What do I tell them? How far does God want me to go in obeying government authorities? I mean, do I just go as far as I want to? Does he have some say in that? And on and on we go. Is it okay to, to curse? I mean, to put OMG at the end of something that we're really wanting to emphasize in our Facebook texts? Is that okay? See, there's, I don't know, where do you go to for just life? How to live? Deuteronomy chapter 18, where we are here in verse 15, look what it says. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. You see, God appoints somebody to tell you how to live and, and how to behave and how to act in, about, in every single area of your life. He's appointed somebody because he knows that you're not going to know what he wants from you in every area of your life unless he appoints somebody to tell you what he wants you to know about that. And that's the way it was with them, right? And so God appointed Moses was like their prophet, their, their mouthpiece from God. And so God talked to Moses and Moses talked to the people. But when God talked directly to them, they were just like, whoa, we don't want that. That's terrifying. We'll listen to you, Moses, but, but please don't make us listen to God directly again. And God was like, well, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> I will appoint to you, raise up for you a, a prophet like Moses that I will speak through and he will speak to you. Who is that prophet? Do you have any idea that followed Moses? There's only two that came out of that wilderness experience, Joshua and Caleb, right? Which one do you think it was? Joshua. God raised him up to be that prophet, to speak to him. You know, my mom is a little frustrated with my older brother right now. And, and the reason is, is because she's, she's o- always overly concerned for her kids, always wanting to protect them the best that she can. And most of you know my mom, and so you know that what I'm saying is true. And, and so she's been a little frustrated at her, her oldest son because he has, is, has this real attitude about getting the vaccine. He doesn't want anything to do with it, right? And it's because of who he's choosing to listen to about all of that information we have, which is really nothing. We don't have much, right? Um, And she wants him to get the vaccine. They are getting their 
second one around uh, this coming Friday, and she really is trying to encourage and talk him into it, and he doesn't want anything to do with it. And she was telling me about this Friday when I got my first shot. Um, my shoulder still hurts from <laughs> that shot, but, uh, but I got my first shot Friday, and she was telling me, oh, I wish Jeff, oh, he frustrates me. I wish he would just get the vaccine. I don't know why. And I told her, I said, well, Mom, he, you know, he has the right and the power to decide to do what he wants on that. She said, well, he's just listening to the wrong voices. He needs to listen to his mother. <laughs> now, I got the vaccine Friday, just like I said. So the moral of the story is that as of right now, I'm definitely her favorite. So, and I'm glad, Jeff, that's just the way that goes, buddy. So, um, no, actually, the, the moral of the story is that we can choose to listen to whom we want to listen to, right? Jeff can choose who he wants to listen to. My mom can choose who she wants to listen to. And, and to be honest, with that vaccine thing, we'll just wait and see because I don't even know who's right, and neither do you because we don't, they don't even know for sure. I mean, they lean one way or the other, but I had to sign a whole bunch of paperwork saying this was an emergency, and that's why you're getting this. And, and basically, we're just not real sure how all this is going to pan out, but we think this is going to be good for you. Will you please sign down there that you won't sue us or do anything else uh, for us? But, and so the reality is, is that we don't know how all that's going to pan out, and so we don't know whose voice was going to be the right voice. But let me tell you something that we do know, and that is that God's voice is the right voice. And and you get to choose whether you'll listen to him or not, but you would be completely stupid. I think that was one place I can use that word. To not listen to the voice of God in your life. And God has raised up prophet to speak his word into your life. In verse 18, it says this, he says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth. I will, I will directly put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever, listen to this, and whoever will not listen to my words that, I, that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. I told my Sunday school class, because this was our lesson material, that, that uh, uh, our, not material, but the lesson um, uh, text that we had uh, for Sunday school today. I said, you know, when I read that, it was just like that was back when I was a kid, you know, my mom would say, just wait till your dad gets home. And we would have to make a decision. You know, are we going to straighten up or are we going to take the consequences? Um, well, she wasn't always super serious about that, and most of the time uh, we knew that, and so we were just like, yeah, we'll just take the consequences because it's probably not going to happen anyway. But let me tell you, when God says, I myself will require it of him, he is going to require it of you. If you choose not to listen to his authority and make it your priority, it's going to cost you. It's going to be a mistake on your end. So who is speaking into your life? Whom, are, whom have you listened to? Who is the authority of your life? Let me tell you something. Jesus is our prophet. 
Joshua was the prophet that they uh, had, were, was assigned to them. Joshua was whom God raised up like Moses to speak to them, and he was, he was the mouthpiece of God, and they were to listen to everything that Joshua says. For us, it is Jesus. I want to take you to a scripture. I don't actually, we, we talked about this in my Sunday school class. I don't have it there for you, but uh, it's Hebrews, well, let me just read it out of here because I think that was in NIV. But Hebrews chapter uh, 1. It says this, Hebrews chapter 1, Word of God says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, which is what you're living in, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. So who is our prophet? Jesus Christ. And God speaks directly through Jesus to us, and we have to make a decision. Are we going to listen to the prophet? I found it interesting, I told my Sunday school class this, but I found it interesting because I was just curious about Joshua and, and Jesus. Was he talking when he, when he said... I'm going to raise up for you a prophet like Moses. Was he talking about Joshua or was he talking about Jesus? And as I was trying to contemplate that, I finally realized that, yes, he's talking about Joshua. Yes, he's talking about Jesus. He's talking about both of them, which led me to this discovery I didn't even know. But did you know that Joshua and Jesus is the exact same name? One is in Greek and one is in Hebrew. It, it, the, the, the names mean exactly the same. It's Ye, uh, Yesh, Yeshua, Yeshua in Hebrew. And, and so Jesus, literally, translation is Yeshua. Joshua, literally, translation is Yeshua. It's the exact same name. Do you know what that name means? It means to rescue, to deliver. I even find it fascinating that who named Jesus in the first place? Gabriel. Who was Gabriel sent by God? And and God named Jesus Yeshua. He He was providing for them a prophet, an immediate prophet, Joshua, But he was also talking about a prophet that was going to be our prophet, Jesus, right? Isn't that fascinating to you? You know, to the present day, the Jews recognize this passage here in Deuteronomy chapter 18 as as a uh, uh, prophetic uh, message about the coming Messiah. Like they saw it as a messianic prophecy, right? That is pointing towards a prophet that's going to come. But they never could 
associate that with Jesus. They rejected Jesus. You know why they rejected Jesus as being this prophet that God's talking about? It's because it says in the text that he's going to raise up a prophet like Moses. And Moses was human. And Jesus is claiming to be divine. But it's just, I don't know, it's, it's like they ignore some of the other passages because what does Isaiah 9, 6 say to us? It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah seven fourteen says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So the Old Testament was telling us that we were going to have this human being come into the universe, our world, and he was going to be a prophet. Bible affirms this in the New Testament too, just like Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. It says, And being found in human form, now who's that talking about? Jesus, right? Now, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name Yeshua, right? But the name he was talking about is, at that name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. He was going to be the prophet. God has always spoken to us, just like we saw in Hebrews. For many, many years, he's spoken to us through prophets, but there became a prophet that that's, gets the last word. Now we listen to Jesus. Jesus was both God and man, right? That's why John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was that has been made. I mean, nothing, not anything made that, has, that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. Like unto me, Moses said, there's going to be a prophet like unto me. And God said that I will put my words in his mouth. And he will tell us what we are supposed to think and do about every aspect of life. Every aspect. Not just the religious things, but everything, every area of your life. Yes, it talks to you about whom you should marry, about behavior you should have while you're single, about subjects like homosexuality, and in all other kinds of purity and impurity type of subjects, about every aspect of life. We were looking at it in Sunday school class, and I'm not going to read all these things to you, but I'm going to give them to you just so you can look them up. But in John, there is, let's see, there's three, six Different area, different places in John, but I'm going to read one of them to you. This is what Jesus says. Jesus says in John 7, 16, it says, So Jesus answered them, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. That's, that's what 
In other words, it's just like what God said back in Deuteronomy. I'm going to give him words to say. And when Jesus showed up, he made it clear that he was sent by God. And the words that I speak to you are not my words. They are words that God has given me to speak. And he says this over and over. So it's not just in John 7. It's in John 8, 28. You might want to write that one down. John 12, 49 through 50. He says the exact same thing. John 14, verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does his work. John 14, verse 24, it says that. His prayer in John 17, verse 8. For I have given them the words that you gave me. And they have received them and have come to know in the truth that I have come from you. And so over and over, this prophet Jesus is just reaffirming to us. He has the authority to give us the word of God. And we have the choice to either make that our priority or not. But if we choose to not listen to the voice of Jesus Christ... We're going to deal with the Father. Because eventually, I mean, it's not like waiting until your dad gets home. It's more of waiting until you get home. And then he's going to deal with that. So back to the question, who, who, who has authority in your life? Who are you listening to? Because the third thing I want to say today is this. What changes do you need to make? Because God has all authority in heaven and earth. And he's telling you what to do about every subject. How should the, what did God expect of the people back in Deuteronomy chapter 18 when he lifted, gave them, he raised up Joshua, Yeshua, raised them up for those people? Should they just be like, well, you know what? Yeshua, what he said today, I don't, I don't really like it. I don't, I don't think my family and I are going to do that. I really liked what he did say about this, and I think the neighbors ought to pay attention, right? They need to, they need to start treating me better. But I didn't really like that other thing, no. I mean, what do, you, do you think God would be okay with that? To just turn it on and turn it off when we want? No. So knowing, knowing that Jesus is our prophet, knowing that he has all authority on heaven and earth, and knowing that he has told us everything that God has spoken to us about, I ask you, what changes do we need to make? Because this is a big deal if we're going to carry on the mission, if we're going to recover the mission. This is a big deal for us to have this conversation. If Jesus is truly the prophet, the mouthpiece of God, listen to verse 20 of Deuteronomy 18 there. Verse 20 through 22, it says, But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, the same prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how may we know the word of the Lord has not spoken? 
When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not to be afraid of him. There's some things that I want us to understand as we conclude here, and that is that God has given us a prophet, not prophets. Pretty important because it seems like there's prophets that are just poking up all the time in our little world. Well, the Lord, the Lord spoke to me and told me this, and he told me that. Well, show me where that is written, because the only prophet that I listen to is Jesus Christ. And we just need to be really careful about this. Do you know that that's how the Mormon church started? There was a guy by the name of Joseph Smith, right? Back in 1820s, 1830s, that just said, you know what? The, the word of God has come to me, and I'm his prophet. And the whole church is based on this. Believe everything that this book right here says. It is God's word. Unless Joseph Smith says something contrary to this, and then you need to realize that you got an updated version of what God feels about that subject. That's why they have the, the Mormon Bible. They, they believe in both the, the, this book and the Mormon Bible, but the Mormon Bible corrects anything that, you know, Joseph Smith, Jesus was a prophet. They believe that. But Joseph Smith come after Jesus, and so therefore Joseph Smith's words trump Jesus' words. That's what they believe. Literally believe. Look it up. And you have to be careful to think that we have another prophet other than Jesus Christ. The Bible is really clear that uh, after Jesus came, that's, that's the last word. No more prophets. He is the prophet. And he's the word that we listen to. And it's easy for me to talk to you about the Mormon church, just because I'm pretty sure that nobody here is closely connected and related to that. So I'm not, I'm not digging up anything that might be hurtful or harmful or anything of that sort. But that's what, you know, Blade Dildine and, and Caitlin, that's what they deal with on a daily basis is that teaching. And, and, but there are areas in our life that are a little more close to home that I just feel compelled to at least touch on here for a moment. Be careful. If somebody is trying to speak into your life right now that is claiming to hear from God and it's not written here or or it's not something Jesus directly said. I can't tell you how many times I heard something like, well, the Lord told me that Trump was going to win. I saw it all over Facebook. I got phone calls. I got texts about this stuff. And guess what? He didn't win. Now, what does the Word of God say about that? If they prophesy and it doesn't come true... Well, they shouldn't have prophesied, and God will deal with that, but 
But he says, don't be afraid of them and just realize that they are not speaking on my behalf. That's how we recognize false prophets, right? Is when they're saying stuff and they're saying, God gave me these words, but then they don't come true. God said, I didn't, obviously didn't give them that word. It didn't come true. And I think that that's so important for us these days because it's so important for us to know when we hear the word of God that we're hearing from God and not from man or some, something outside of that. We cannot be adding to the prophecy of Jesus and the, and the book that is written here. It is important for us to listen to him. There are people who prophesy like, man, the Lord's coming back this day or that day. In fact, I was telling them in Sunday school class, I, I actually became a Christian because and, and there, was, there was this guy who wrote this book about 88 reasons God's coming back in 88, right? Or something like that. I don't even know him. But it terrified me and through that, God used that, that fear in me to, to awaken me out of my slumber, and I gave my life to Jesus. But let me tell you something, that guy was a false prophet in the sense that he prophesied this and it didn't come true. He should have lost all credibility. I don't even know who he is. I don't know if he even is trying to teach anymore, but he should have lost all credibility that very moment when he claimed to know the words of God and they didn't come true. That's what this word is saying here, right? And we have to be careful listening to people because I think people are still trying to be a prophet of God when it comes to nailing down dates and stuff. And Jesus says, I don't even know when that's going to happen. Our own prophet, right? Yeshua says, I don't know. I think there's, an, there's other area, too, that, that we have to be careful about, and that is that there's, there is coming into our church a way of even trying to rewrite the Word of God in other ways, too. Like, like another voice, another person. I don't know if that they're claiming to be prophets, but they're definitely claiming to be, hey, I know what it says there, but I don't think that we should, I don't think we should follow that teaching any longer. We're more modern, right? And so there's issues. Is homosexuality still wrong? I'm just curious. Is it? Or did, did we change? You see, the world has changed. And the world is going to put this pressure, so much pressure on the church to change their mind about the issue. But as far as I know, my prophet, Yeshua, still says the same thing as he said 2,000 years ago. And he's just saying what he got from God who created the universe from the very beginning about the subject. And we have to be careful, but see, I see that I get why this is such a hard thing for us because it used to be not even connected so much with this, but now guess what? I got, I got family that are homosexuals. 
that are practicing this. I, I got friends that are this. I get this from the school, and I'm being taught this. And I'm getting pressure from the government that if I am not careful about what I say and, what, and, and how I say it, I might get in a lot of trouble about this. And if we're not careful, all of this pressure is going to cause us because we are so closely connected with loved ones and we're, and we're getting pressure from outside sources, we're going to cave and guess what we're going to do? We're going to rewrite the prophet's message. And we just got to be careful. And it's not just that either. It's, it's, it's even things like living together before we're we are married and having sex outside of marriage and, and um, just all kinds of issues, uh, adultery. I mean, we have got to realize that the word of the Lord has not changed. It doesn't change from generation to generation. We don't alter it to speak it the way that we want it spoken. We don't soften it. It's not like Jesus was not gracious and loving, but what Jesus never did is he never, he never softened the word of God in the sense that it was the truth. And he told him the truth, but he told him in a loving, compassionate way, but he still told the truth. This is what the Lord says. And it's not my authority. I don't get to make it up. I don't get to decide what... I'm going to tell you from the pulpit. My job is to listen to what he says about the subjects and just make sure that I tell the truth. And Jesus is the one who's, who gets to say what's true or not because he's the one who's listened to the Father. And I just think we have to be really careful. If we're going to do his mission... If we're going to recover his mission, then we have to recover it all. We have to make sure we're listening. Who is speaking into your life? Because I bet you have opinions about all these things that I just talked about, as well as other things that could be connected and associated with that, right? Who are you going to listen to? And as you're on you know, social media and you're reading books, and you're listening to your friends and family, somebody's going to try to convince you that God has changed his mind about some of these things or that he needs an updated version about some of these things. And he doesn't. And you have one prophet, his name's Jesus. And what he says goes. Let's pray. Father God, we uh, thank you so much for your love and that you loved us so much that you told us the truth about every subject and that you was very thorough, Lord. We thank you so much for being very thorough that we don't have to wonder about what you think about this or think about that, that you have made it very clear. And then you have put it upon our shoulders to decide what we're going to do with your truth. Father, help us be a church. Help us be individuals who have decided to 
elevate your word as being truth. Elevate your son Jesus as being the one and only prophet that you speak through. Help us, Father, to discontinue to be a mouthpiece, but that we speak just what Jesus has taught us and not that we add to or take away or create our own. Help us to be bold. Help us not fear man more than we fear you, Father. Help us not lose that, that fear that they had when you literally spoke to them. Help us to know that you are still there in all of your authority, all of your power, and that we will one day, we will be accountable and answer to you and only you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I thought maybe for our communion time, I'm going to take you to Mark chapter 1, if you want to turn there. It'll be up on the screen, but Mark chapter 1, starting with verse 21. This is very connected to what we were just talking about, Jesus being our our prophet. Uh, Verse 21, it says, And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. There was something different about Jesus, right? They were like, you're not just teaching us about the Bible. It's as if you were talking directly on God's behalf. Like you're a prophet. That's what they thought. And immediately, verse 23, it says, And immediately there was in their synagogue a man who was unclean, had, with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know you are God, the Holy One of God. You see, the demons... Satan, they know who Jesus is. He's the prophet sent by God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding regions of Galilee. You know, God still wants his, his name and his fame to spread a big part of like recovering the mission is to be a, to be a part of the mission. It's it's to build on this, build up on this kingdom, and and a, and a big part of that kingdom is God wants His kingdom bigger. He He wants more people to acknowledge that Jesus is the prophet of God. He wants more people to come to this salvation that is in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus alone. And how does that happen? It's when we 
acknowledge that he has all authority on heaven and on earth. And when we come around this communion table, that is exactly what we're proclaiming, right? He's got all authority. All authority. And, and, and we are remembering his authority as we're, we're drinking this juice that represents his blood that he shed for us and, and this bread that represents his body. But more than anything, we are acknowledging that he had authority over death, has authority over life. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. And, and so we are like acknowledging that and we are humbling ourselves before that. We are thankful for what he did for us, but we are giving back his rightful place when we are around the table, saying there's none like him. He is boss over every, everybody, everything, including me. And I'm going to partake of this and I'm going to realize that I am accountable to him and him only. And it should, it should give us courage as we drink this. It should give us accountability as we drink this. For us to listen to the prophet. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for Jesus Yeshua, as you have named him, called him, the one who rescues, the one who delivered us. Father, I pray that you would just help us to be focused upon humbling ourselves before Yeshua, the prophet that you sent us, that was like Moses in that he was man, but like you in that he is God. Thank you so much for the opportunity to recognize him in this way. In Jesus' name, amen.